Welcome to the Present Centered Life podcast. In every episode, we talk about how to live your day-to-day life centered around the presence of God and the person of Jesus. We hope today's episode will stir up hunger for God in you. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Present Centered Life podcast. I'm Hazen Stevens. And I'm Hannah Stevens. And we are in a series on how to live a present centered life. And we're going through four keys in living a present centered life. And I wanted to even just clarify as we jump into these, that these are not the only ways to grow in your communion with God and in living a present centered life, but these are some of the ones that Hannah and I have found most helpful. In our last episode, we talked about what it means that we have a spirit that when we're born again and believers in Jesus is joined with the Holy Spirit and that we live in communion with God through strengthening our relationship with him through the word of God and through fellowship with him. And we talked about some principles of what it means to live attuned to the Spirit. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about making everything conversation with God, what it means to both talk with Him and hear His voice. In the third episode, we'll be talking about hunger, and in the fourth episode, dependency and trust. And so you'll definitely want to check those out, and they will be dropping in the coming weeks. So we open every episode with a moment of prayer, and you're going to want to stay tuned to the very end when we're going to pray again for you regarding the very things that we've talked about in this episode, and I believe God is going to really bless you as we unpack what it means to walk in a conversation with God. I know that that has been one of the most profound blessings in my life, to walk with God, to hear His voice every day, to fellowship and commune with Him, and so I hope that For those of you listening, you're going to grow in that substantially through our podcast today. And so I'm going to take a moment now. I'm going to pray. Hannah, if you'd like to pray at all, you can as well. And we'll jump right in. So Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to all those people listening about something so precious to our hearts, Lord. What it means to hear your voice and to live each and every day in conversation with you. And so I pray, Lord, that our ears would be open to hear you to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, that our hearts and minds would be renewed as we talk about the Scripture and that it would become easy to be led and guided by you day in and day out. So, Lord, we yield this time to you. We ask for you to be the one that instructs us and teaches us. We ask, Lord, that we would flow, even in our conversation, out of a sense of connection and communion with you and that you would give people new insights into the scripture as they're listening to this podcast. You would give them greater hunger for you to draw near to you. Lord, and that above all else, our love for you would grow as we live centered on the presence of God. Father, I ask for everyone listening for just a growing awareness of your involvement in the day-to-day in the mundane moments of life, God, I pray that we would have those moments of being, those moments of awareness where suddenly we recognize that you're with us, both in the holy and in the secular, God. I ask for everyone listening that you would take us into a deeper revelation and experience of you with us continually. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as we're opening up this episode again, four keys to living a present-centered life. Last episode, living attuned to the Spirit and from your own human spirit. 
today, making everything a conversation with God, next episode, hunger, and the next episode, dependency and trust. And so as we're diving into this conversation on making everything a dialogue or a conversation with God, I want to invite Hannah to share a little bit about how she does that in her life. Well, I'm super excited to talk about this today, Hazen. And for me, I think beginning to learn how to have a conversational friendship with God, it really first started with having a mental transition from the way I actually viewed God. And I think earlier in my faith and in my spirituality, I had more of a master-slave mentality about what my interactions with God were like. It was more like if I was going to hear something, it was kind of like a soldier telling someone under him, like, go do this and, and do that. And my job was to hear and to obey. And that was kind of a more a transactional kind of relationship. And there were a few key scriptures that kind of began to change my perspective about what God actually wanted relationally from me. One was in John 15. It says, um, it says in verse 15, No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, because all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And it actually says in in other scriptures, you know, that the Spirit is the one who makes known to us the deep things of God. So this wasn't just something that Jesus said to his disciples. It's something that is speaking to us who are seeking to follow him today, that the Spirit within us is making known the things of God to us. And he's doing it not for the sake of commanding us, but for the sake of friendship. So that was one key scripture. Um, I don't want to talk too long, but I'll toss the ball to you and then we can continue. So I think that's a really good insight and something that I've heard people teach on where part of really what we're talking about is the subject of prayer. We've called it how to live continually in a conversation with God. That's the theme. But really, you know, the, the, the more traditional way of describing what we're talking about would be, okay, we're talking about prayer, right? But the reason we've chosen to frame a conversation around prayer in this language is because a lot of times people have a a view of prayer where it's only one direction. We pray to God, but we don't expect ever to hear anything back from him. But in John chapter 5, Jesus talks about his relationship with the Father. And he says, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Meaning this idea that, that Jesus lived in a constant state of connection with his heavenly father. And that that wasn't just for Jesus, that he was really modeling the way that we are called to live in constant communion with our heavenly father by the Holy Spirit, walking in the spirit in the words of Romans eight, which you referenced in the last episode, so that we do not gratify the desires of our flesh. Right. And so as we walk in the, in the spirit, there's a sense in which we will continually fellowship with God and have conversation with him. And a little bit later in the episode, I want to talk about how we experience, how we've come to learn to experience the voice of God, because it's not always something uh, internal and audible. 
it sometimes is something as gentle as a as an impression that God might put on our heart, directing us to spend our time a certain way, or to go to a certain scripture, or to reach out to a certain person. But learning to be sensitive to those impressions is a big part of what Jesus describes here. I, I think he's saying, I constantly am hearing my father's voice, but the way he frames it is, I only do that which I see my father do, which speaks of this idea of connection and perception. So the thing I would say in response to kind of the introduction that Hannah gave is that this idea of constant conversation with God has to do with it not being a monologue, prayer being a monologue where we just talk yeah. to God and don't expect to hear his voice back. And then how his voice comes to us sometimes isn't as clear as it might. we might hope for it to be in talking to a person, uh, but it is no less real and no less powerful, even though it has to be discerned in different ways at different times. So is there anything related to that that you want to chime in and comment on? Yeah, just as you're sharing, I'm just thinking about what just in a human relationships when two people are getting wanting to get to know one another, but say they speak actually different languages, you know, mm. and in order to be able to learn to communicate, you have to, I mean, there's a certain way you can communicate through hand symbols and gestures and things like that, but to truly know one another, you're going to have to learn the other person's language. And I'm thinking about this because I think to be living in communication with God and this continual conversation, it's something, it's a skill that can actually be developed. It's not something that some people have it and some people don't. Every person who has the spirit of Christ within has the ability to learn the language of the spirit. And that's going to be unique and individual for every person. But it is something that has to be practiced and developed. And I speak from my own experience in saying, I went from having zero knowledge to slowly growing skills over time that have led me into a growing confidence of hearing God's voice. So I say that to encourage you. If you're, if you're like, I don't even know where to start, have hope. There are, there are skills and tools that God has for you in your own journey to aid you in developing your language so that you and God can speak to one another in this kind of conversational way. I think that's such a great metaphor for our relationship with God that we would treat learning to have conversation with him in the same way that we would any other person that we want to have good communication with. You and I obviously are married, and so communication is a huge part of marriage. And you can't take for granted how much skill is necessary to have... Yeah, we speak the same language, but we're missing each other often just because the way that we communicate is so differently. And in our counseling of other couples and in our own growth of our marriage, learning our different communication styles has been a key part of growing in intimate relationship with one another. So I think that's a great point. I also wanted to comment on something that you said that I just want to draw out as being really, really key to what changed your ability to converse with God. And it was something that even came before the skills that you've grown in, which is you had an adjustment in how you related and how who you knew God to be as he related to you. Yeah. And I think that's a, you can't skip over that part. It's true. Even in the John 5 language where Jesus is describing his relationship to his father, 
he's responding to the offense of the Pharisees that that he would even call God his father. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, in response to their offense and in his miracle working, the things that he's doing, he's going, I'm doing everything out of relationship with my father. And so if you're upset about what I'm doing, just know that I'm doing it in response to him, to, to, uh, to the God of Israel, to the God of Israel, who is my father. And that was a very offensive idea, but it was a very important message that Jesus came to bring. And so if you look at that John 5 passage, even in your conversation earlier, there were these two components that are super important. First is the relationship you have, that transition from master-servant to father-daughter and, and coming into that relational paradigm that gives us faith to hear God's voice. And then the second part, actually learning the skills of communication so that we can live in a constant sense of connection to God's voice and his direction. There's a researcher, his name is Albert Marabian, Albert Marabian, and he actually broke down the components of face-to-face conversations. And I just thought this was interesting in light of what you were sharing. He found that communication is 55% nonverbal, and that's 38% vocal, and only 7% of communication actually had to do with the words people were saying. And so I just think that's very, very interesting that 55% is nonverbal, 38% is vocal, and 7% was actually the communication was about the actual words being spoken. And so if that's true of our human communication, consider how there can be complexity and nuance to our communication with God, who is totally other than, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we framed this conversation really well. It's about first and foremost, our conversation today about having a conversation continually with God is first and foremost about having the right knowledge of who he is, understanding that there's nuance and complexity in hearing his voice, but that that's what Jesus modeled. He modeled constant communion, fellowship, and obedience with the Father, and that we're invited into that same relationship as mm-hmm. friends no longer have I called you servants, but I've called you friends, and I want you to hear and understand the things that I'm doing. So I think that's a great place now to jump off into what are some practical ways that you can develop the skills of walking in constant conversation with God? Let's get going. Um, I think one tool early on that was extremely valuable for me was making space for active listening to for the presence and the voice of God. And what that looked like for me is I'd sit in a quiet place. I'd have a notebook open in front of me. And I even had, you know, a simple list of some questions that just to ask and then just to wait and and see what I heard. Now, there's a couple guidelines that are in place for this kind of, of holy listening that you're doing when you're listening for the voice of God. And the most important one being that what you hear will never be opposed to what the scriptures say about who God is or his heart as a father and they'll never be in direct contradiction to any kind of biblical commands like that so those are kind of some safety rails that are in place for that space and it's just I think what was some what do you remember some of the questions there's three questions that you used to ask yeah I was actually thinking of those exact same questions these questions centered mostly around a place of healing that God was doing in my identity. And three listening prayer questions, if you 
are unsure about hearing God's voice, one of the great places to start is affirming and establishing that relationship of who you are to him and who he is to you. And so the the simple questions that I would use had less to do with the kinds of things I should be doing in my day or what God would ask of me and more to do with the nature of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the three questions that I would ask, and I did this pretty regularly and I would journal what I would hear from the Lord. And it was a good practice in strengthening and renewing the intimacy of my relationship with him. And the things I would ask him is, what do you think about me? What do you feel about me? And how do you see me? What do you think about me? What do you feel about me? And how do you see me? And that can seem kind of a self-focused time of prayer for listening, but I remember the Lord speaking to me and he, you know, there's a real enemy that accuses us night and day to one another, to ourselves and accuses God to us. And that father of lies, as the scripture calls our enemy, that father of lies who is constantly lying to us about who we are, he is trying to constantly assail our thoughts with the wrong knowledge of how God sees us, how he feels about us, and what he thinks about us. And so the Lord spoke to me and just said, as often as you're struggling in your thoughts with how I see you, think about you, feel about you, you can come to me and ask for the truth. I am never unwilling to speak the truth to you about your identity in me. And we can't be passive about that because there is an enemy who opposes the right knowledge of who God is to us and who we are to him. Yeah, and I think that's also what you're saying is it makes sense that that would be the starting point. In 1 John four nineteen, it says, we love because he first loved us. I think many of us in early stages of our faith, we are just in an insecure place of knowing like does God actually does he really love me and so letting that be the foundation of trust that's established in a relationship similar to building human relationships you're not going to trust someone who you don't believe has your best interest in heart and so making that choice to to receive the truth of who God says we are is the starting point for the conversation because that's the starting place for trust. So it makes sense to me that you would start with those sort of questions. So I want to talk for a moment about, we gave one practical recommendation, setting time aside to journal, to ask questions about identity, to open our hearts to prayerfully listen. This is a practice I've taken even beyond those identity questions. Whenever I have a challenge, you have promises like in James chapter 1, it says, if any of you is lacking wisdom, ask and God will give it to you generously without reproaching you, which means he never turns us away when we lack wisdom and we ask of him to give it to us. So God is, it's his joy to give his children wisdom when we ask. A lot of times I'll take time, I'll journal the tough questions of life. Okay, so this is a a great practical tool for both firming up and strengthening our identity and also receiving direction in life. There's a promise that we'll we'll gain wisdom if we ask him for it. I want to flip it slightly. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, one thing I just want to clarify as it relates to listening for the voice of God is we're not just listening with um, our ears or even with the ears of our hearts. God often speaks through mental pictures in our imaginations in um, many, many other ways besides just sensing words 
in our in our ears or in our in our hearts. Hazen mentioned the idea of impressions. A lot of times, I'll see pictures in in my imagination that are the voice of God speaking through that. So He uses all parts of us to speak to us. I think that's a a great point. Just to be conscious in our listening, to not just like we said in human communication that only 7% is words, learning to be attuned to the wider ways that God might speak to us. It might be a sense of love and peace in our hearts. Mm -hmm. It might be a a mental impression. It might be that a a Bible verse comes to mind. And I think a lot of times this is a, a great tip for people as we talk about practicals. We're quick to dismiss our own thoughts and not realize that sometimes the things that are coming up in our thoughts are actually being inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now that can get a little dicey because how do you know, and this is my question, I'll, I'll give you this question and then maybe you can throw it back to me if, if uh, you have a different uh, question related to this, but how I think people a lot of times they go, okay, I, I've had, a, I've experienced something that felt like a thought from God, but how do I know when the thought is from God and when the thought's coming from me, or possibly coming from the enemy? Because we mentioned how the accuser is out there as well, trying to implant or impress thoughts on our minds. How can you discern where the sense of that voice is coming from as you process hearing God's voice that may at times sound like our own thoughts? Great question, Hazen. Uh, a guiding scripture for me has, again, come from 1 John um, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Now, depending on your background and your tradition, this section of scripture may be a conundrum or a mystery. Some of you may just interpret this in terms of the idea of exorcism or casting out demonic spirits. But for me, I think this scripture can really be applied to discerning the, the spirits that we, that we hear as we're li- like God is a spirit and also as we're trying to discern, is this voice that I'm sensing, is this impression that I'm feeling, is it from the Spirit of God? There, We can actually test the spirits and see if it's aligning with that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and is the Son of the living God. So making that very practical, just you have an overriding impression or thought, an impulse that you need to to do something, Mm -hmm. or perhaps you hear something about yourself, you see a mental picture, you experience an impression, and it feels as though it's coming from outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times how I distinguish whether something's from my own soul or whether it's something coming from God or at times something that may not be coming from God at all. And we're trying to distinguish those things. Is it from me? We're trying to listen in multiple directions. Is it from God? Or perhaps is it from is it from the evil one? And we're trying to distinguish these things. And you're saying the guidance that this scripture gives you is you'll, you'll apply this scripture and you'll just out, li- out loud in a posture of prayer, I, I test the spirit behind this this impulse, this thought, this impression. Or even this emotion sometimes. Or this emotion at times. When something feels like it has the 
the force of, for lack of a better word, force of spiritual energy on it. And you will pause and go, I test the spirit. In the name of Jesus, do you confess Jesus Christ came in the flesh? And you might pray that prayer out loud. Yeah, and one example I remember as I was in my beginning stages of this, I was overwhelmed with this sudden need, almost like it felt like an anxiety that I needed to call somebody and tell them this thing like immediately. Uh, knowing now that was automatically a warning sign because I don't think God ever compels, compels us, with, us anxiety. with anxiety or fear. But I didn't know that at the time. And I just felt this, like, I need to call. I need to do this thing. and I need to do this right now, right now. And the scripture came to my mind. And so I just simply prayed a prayer. I'm like, God, I feel like you're asking me to do this. I just test this, this f- impulse. And in the name of Jesus, if this impulse doesn't agree with Jesus who came in the flesh, son of the living God, I just command that impulse to go. And when I said that, immediately all of the pressure, all of the anxiety just instantly was gone. And I was, I was in shock. I was like, wow, this worked. And I think it's really just the authority that we have as believers through Jesus who lives within us, through the spirit of Christ, that when we speak and command things to align with it, if it's not in alignment, it, it will submit, it will subdue. I've tested this over strong emotions I've had as well. And there's been times when those emotions are a gift from God and they haven't dissipated. But then there's times when those emotions, I mean, they're not necessarily bad, but they're not coming from the spirit within and they've subsided. So it's, it's very curious. It's amazing. And I don't necessarily need to use this tool anymore as I've grown in my awareness of, of my, the way I converse with the Lord, but it was critical in the beginning stages. So what I hear you saying, just to recap some of our conversation today, as we bring this portion of our conversation to a close is that in building a relationship where we hear God's voice and we speak to him and we walk in communion daily with him, that there's incredible power in that, that it has to be rooted in a right knowledge of who God is to us. And we are to him as children. He is our Father, and we only do that which we see Him do. But the Christian who learns to converse and walk with God in that way becomes incredibly dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. It's true. That Christian that is living in alignment with the priorities of God, living under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, attuned to the Holy Spirit, that lifestyle is going to be actively opposed as the enemy tries to lie to us about our identity, tries to sow confusion and and create a lack of confidence around hearing His voice. And this growing discernment, even actively testing the spirits behind the things that we're receiving is an important part of being able to walk continually in communion with God and in connection to his voice. And I think one of the things that's really come out of our conversation that's unexpected, but I think very true, is anybody listening to this that's trying to live that way, you're going to run into opposition Mm -hmm. from the kingdom of darkness because the Christian that walks in constant conversation with God is dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Now, a couple of the practical things that we've mentioned already, the power of journaling around our identity and also journaling in a way that we receive wisdom from God, even on things that are objective, those things that we hear God counseling us on, those impressions that sometimes even come as our own thoughts. It can be helpful to to write them down and to weigh them according to scripture because we don't believe God's going to counsel us contrary to his word. And so that practice of journaling, the last tip that I want to leave you with as we wrap up this time and transition into a moment of prayer 
is this idea that we always have a dialogue happening in our minds as we go throughout the day. We're always thinking about a variety of different things. And one of the best practices that has helped me walk in constant conversation with God is beginning to invite him into my inner dialogue. And so when I have a thought that feels significant or a question or I'm going into a different situation, the constant practice of turning that questioning, that thought, that that idea into uh, directing it towards the Lord and beginning to say, God, what do you think about this? What should I be doing in this next meeting? What should I be doing uh, in this trip to the grocery store? And just having an openness and an expectation that in every situation, God is wanting to speak and participate in the activities of my life, no matter how small. And so taking those thoughts, directing them towards God in conversation, and then having an openness of heart to hear his voice. And I don't always hear his voice, but I am continually extending myself in conversation towards him. And in that posture of of prayerfulness and prayerful conversation, I walk throughout my day and I experience more of God as I have a greater awareness of, of turning my thoughts towards him in conversation and in prayer. I think that's so good, Hazen. And just a, an added thought to that is even as we're inviting God into our continual dialogue, at the same time, God is in a continual dialogue and conversation as well. And as much as we can seek to enter into his thoughts as well and meeting him in in his thoughts that's also I think part of it and I think Psalm 139 verse um, 17 kind of lends to this it says how precious also are your thoughts for me O God how vast is the sum of them were I to count them they would outnumber the sand so there's this constant stream and flow of God's thoughts also that are being directed towards us in this stream of precious thoughts and value and I want to tap into that even as I'm inviting God into my thoughts and dialogue I want to be tapping into what are his thoughts and dialogue that that are constantly raining upon me whether I'm aware of them or not what a beautiful scripture to end on so we're going to take a moment now and we are going to pray for you our listeners and pray for an increase in the ability to walk in constant conversation with God. And I want to pray Colossians 1.9, which is, I think, a great scripture that we can root ourselves in and have confidence that God really does want to speak to us. Colossians 1.9 says, Paul says, I never cease to pray for you, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, increasing in the knowledge of God and bearing good fruit in every work. They'd be strengthened with might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. And I pray especially for the people out there who would feel as though God wouldn't want to speak to them because you lack the confidence in how much God loves you. You perhaps at moments feel tested in the awareness that you are God's child and that he really does love and delight in you and delight in you hearing his voice and walking with him. We just take this scripture of Colossians 1.9, the inspired word of God that says that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would know what it would mean to hear your father's voice each and every day, both his affirmation of who you are as a beloved son or daughter in whom he's well pleased and the, and the availability of the wisdom you need 
to make all the choices that you have to make throughout your day, that you would walk as Jesus walked in John chapter 5, only doing that which you see your Father doing. In constant connection and communion, I bless you with this today and all the days of your life until you see him face to face in Jesus' name. Father, we believe you are speaking and that your voice is constantly going forth, Lord, and I pray that you would increase our sensitivity, that you would open up our ears, you would open up our eyes, Lord, that we would have a growing awareness of you with us at all times, and that you would increase communion, God, increase intimacy, increase friendship, Father. Lord, I pray that you would speak to your people, Lord, that you would do so in dreams, Lord, that you do so in visions, that you do so in impressions, in inter- internal audible leanings, and all the different ways and dimensions that you're continually offering yourself, God, I pray. Let us hear your voice, God. Let us respond. Let us receive and believe the words of identity you long to speak. And from that grounding of intimacy, Father, I pray you would make us friends in the labor, God, that you have called us to. I pray your blessing on everyone who's listening and that you would lead us into greater depths of friendship with you. In Jesus' name. This has been the second episode of The Presence-Centered Life. We have had a great conversation today on what it is to walk with daily and talk with God. And this is the second part of our series on living a presence-centered life. We're going over four keys. We hit number two today, our next session. Number three in the series, we are going to talk about hunger for God and also check out session number four dropping in a few weeks on trust and dependence. So stay tuned to this Present Centered Life podcast. I'm Hazen Stevens and my lovely wife, Hannah Stevens. Take care and God bless.